Hello, everybody. Welcome yeah. to another episode of DFV. I am your co-host, Black Cinephile. And I'm your co-host, Brad. That's your co-host, Brad. And we got a special one here today. We got a, uh, we got a funny one. We got a pair of films about um, the most unlikeliest of men and women to pull off a big heist. Uh, we got a 2016 uh, Jared Hess's Masterminds versus 2017 Steven Sodenberg's Logan Lucky. Uh, this is one we kind of had on the back burner for a while. This is one of those ones where we were like, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna keep this on the back burner for that that will come up someday." And uh, that someday is today. Yeah, it basically came down to this is one of those movie sets for when we run out of current movies to watch and pair up against something. So mm-hmm. it, it kind of works out as a good, a, probably a redneck kind of heist sequence between these two movies. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, yeah I, I'd agree. Yeah, it's uh, definitely something to go through these because I remember when both of these movies actually came out at their respective times, 2016 for Masterminds and 2017 for Logan Lucky, they were very hyped up movies that people were looking forward to, mostly because of the cast that was coming attached to them, as well as you had, you know, Steven Sodenberg attached to one, you had Jared Hess attached to the other, so the guy behind most of the Oceans movies, and then the guy behind Napoleon Dynamite and like Nacho Libre and everything. So... It, these people were established directors by the time that these movies came out and to be going, yeah, we're going to make a comedy heist movie. It, it sounds like it's in the realm for both of these directors to be able to pull that off. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you there. Um, I didn't hear much of masterminds when it first dropped, but Logan Lucky has been one that's always been on my list. Cause I'm such a big Steven Soderbergh fan. Yeah. Um, if I recall correctly, Logan Lucky actually came out the same week as Pop Star Never Stop Never Stopping, the Lonely Island mm. movie. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I, I see. I remember Pop Star, but I don't remember it being around the same time as Logan Lucky. I just know Logan Lucky. I was like, man, that's a Sodenberg film that uh, I just didn't catch in theaters. I, I'll catch it on the flip side. Mm-hmm. And um I'll get it. We'll get into Masterminds. But with Jared Hess, the only movie I ever knew him for was Napoleon Dynamite. You know, I never uh, I never saw Nacho Libre. I never saw Don Verdine. I never saw the other ones because the the main thing I'll be hearing was it's not Napoleon Dynamite. It's oh, not yeah. Napoleon Dynamite. So I would just be like, man, maybe maybe I, maybe I should just kind of bow out on him. But, um, you know, because uh, Napoleon Dynamite is so special. And I was like, uh, you know, maybe that was a high hill. That person will never get back or something. But I walked into this one, you know, with an open mind. And uh, I'm I'm ready to just hop in, man. I mean, so with these being so close together, what do you what what are you thinking on this one? What what comes first? So I think that we should go the controversial route and do chronological for these two. Uh, I don't know Mm. if that would fly with you, but I, I think given that masterminds kind of was it, it's so close but i think we should start with masterminds which would put us in chronological order you know i i, I think you might be right you you might be right here uh usually i don't fl- this doesn't fly with me but uh let's just give it a go and see what happens 
All right. So first off, we got Masterminds here from 2016, uh, directed by Jared Hess. Now, dude, I up until the the moment this film ended, I didn't know this was based on the true story. Yeah. And that made it like that made it like 10 times funnier to me. So we're going to just start off here. So this is based on the uh, 1997 Loomis Fargo robbery um, that concerned uh, Davis Scott Gant. Uh, who was in love with a former co-worker uh, by the name of Kelly Campbell, whose um, dumb boyfriend, uh, well, everyone's kind of dumb in this, who, whose uh, dumb boyfriend, Steve, uh, used David, uh, who worked at Loomis uh, Fargo. Uh, is it Loomis Fargo? Yeah, it's, uh, it's yes, Loomis, Loomis Fargo. Fargo. And uh, they, they used him as a uh, middleman to uh, start a bank heist. Uh, long story short, they pull off the bank heist again, very stupidly. And, um, you know, David goes on a run to another uh, uh, part of the another. Uh, he goes on a run to another country uh, waiting for his love, Kelly. And then he realizes that uh, he was duped and, um, you know, um, Kelly's not coming. And uh, Stephen tries to, like, you know, turn over David's name uh, to the authorities. Uh, David. uh eludes the authorities and um things get a little wilder from there and um that's kind of like the bare bones synopsis of masterminds now was this your first time seeing this movie yes this is the first time i got to actually check this one out because i've had it on my list for a while just because zach galvanakis i find his acting to be perfect when it comes to like comedy roles and everything and Mm -hmm. so i've always been kind of eyeballing this movie because of that I just never took the yeah. plunge and watched it yet. Yeah, when it comes to Jack, Zach Galifianakis, I I know I'm in good hands with him. Mm-hmm. It's just it's not all. It's just the movies he picks aren't always up to par with his you know great comedy. Right. If you know what I'm saying, they're not always as good as him. Yeah, you always so, know what you're uh, getting into with Zach Galifianakis, but you don't know what you're getting into with a Zach Galifianakis movie. Exactly, exactly, because he 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 steers more on the independent side, and it's um it's it's understandable. Independent, he's an indie kind of comedian. Um, but what I was gonna say was, um, watching this film, I said, you know what? Let me see what Jared Hess has been up to since you know uh, Napoleon, the masterpiece Napoleon Dynamite. So I watched this film. I went in with an open mind, and when it first started off, like you know, with you know everyone, you know, it's in North Carolina. This is the South, like Logan Lucky. And, you know, everyone, you know, kind of talking a little bit, you know, Southern and the comedy being a little bit offbeat. I was mm-hmm. like, I don't know about this one. You know, when Kate McKinnon showed up, I, I started laughing a bit because I just love her delivery as his um as his girlfriend. Her very um, deadpan kind of. <laughs> right, right. His 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 um bride to be his fiance. So as it went on, um, the moment where this film really started to get funny to me was when Owen Wilson showed up and and not exactly because of him, but because of his dialogue with Zach Galifianakis, where uh, they're in the diner. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Kristen's talking to him and Owen Wilson has his back turned to him and he goes, uh, he goes, he goes, should I just Kristen Wig uh, says, uh, hey, my um, the guy that's going to help us, he's here with me now. He, he's right behind me, but don't 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 look too far at him. Like, don't look at him long. He says, can I, can I talk to him? He, he, can he hear me? I hear everything. Just call me Geppetto. He says, no, you're the other character. 
Yeah. What? No, Geppetto's not the one that pulls the strings, you know? <laughs> You're talking about so-and-so. That's when this film started to get funny to me. It had to grow on me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, dude, the, the bank robbery itself, dog, that's... This is so stupid. Like, like, like uh, the way he pulls it off, like his boy comes in, his his co-worker comes in. He goes, oh, no, I'm, I'm telling I'm telling the higher ups. No, it's not what you think. You told me there was no overtime. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, I'm just I'm just picking up a shift. There's no overtime. Uh, don't be holding out on me again. Yeah, he just turns you, you better give away. me in on next one. <laughs> right. He just turns and walks away. Starts dancing like a madman on camera. They see her moves all the tapes. And then the funny. Now, this is where Zach Galifianakis uh, physical comedy is um, is amazing. When he's trying to squeeze through the window and uh, he, he he puts the money into like a little bit of a stick. <laughs> he, he, he crashes. He crashes through the wall or something like that to get out as he's trying to drive with his little money stick. Yeah, I absolutely love how literally he finds duct tape. He's crawling through the window from the back of the van and everything. And he's just using that to try and pedal. No control whatsoever. And he bursts through one of the bay doors. And Mm. I I love that scene because it cuts to that. Then it cuts back to you have, you know, Steve and Kelly sitting in their cars watching this and going, why isn't he answering his uh, walkie-talkie? What's going on right now? And then, bam, just right through the wall of the bank and into a ditch. And they're just like, why did you do that? I'm locked in the car. What did he say? He said he's locked in the car. Right. I love how Kristen is the one saying, like, uh, like you know, like, like, you, like, like, everyone's saying, like, you idiot. And Kristen is like, did you guys think to open the back door to, to like, you know, get him out? Yeah. Owen, Owen turns to his boy like, did you think to open the back door to get him out? <laughs> this is such a dumb movie. But like, this is like, this is where it got enjoyable for me. This is where it got funny. Mm-hmm. And the, it, the moment where I think this movie really got funny is when Jason Sudeikis came in. Yes. As the uh, killer, uh, Kevin, right? Right. Yeah. This guy, dude. Jason Sudeikis, I, I love it when he plays the straight man, but this movie right here where he's like over the top is Mike McKinney. I mean, he he was the highlight of the movie, hands down. Oh, easily. His scenes and everything. So when he's actually chasing down, you know, David in order to kill him because he's been hired by Steven to kill David because he believes that David's going to rat him out. And mm-hmm. it, when he's going to get the gun and everything, I love how he's like that one right there. Well, it's just a prop. No, no, no. That one right there. That's the gun I want. You know, <laughs> uh, who was it? I think it was Zach Galifianakis. I love his like trying to speak Spanish of. Yes, I would like one of those margaritas, por favor. Hey, hey, beyond that, it's the disguise for me. Oh, that too. <laughs> He's at the airport. He has the hair. He's got the snake eyes. <laughs> He's in line. No, wait. Is he in line or is he talking to a TSA? He's looking at a TSA agent. The TSA agent is comparing his picture. And oh, he's yeah. like, okay, you can go. Right, yeah. Also, when he's at the barista getting something to drink, and he has all the money strapped in the back of his pants to hide it. 
and right. he just reaches basically down his pants and just pulls out a hundred dollar bill in order to pay for his coffee or whatever. Right. With pubes on it. Right. And it's like, OK, that's funny. I, I don't care. That's that's stupid humor. And that's what it, it comes is. down to with this one is it's full of a lot of stupid humor. It, none of it's smart. It, it's none of it's highbrow comedy. It's all just Absolutely very stupid not. slapstick. And once you can get behind that, you're in for a good time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, uh, it's just, oh, man, the the sit down where Jason Sudeikis, like, they're telling him what, who they want them to kill. He mm-hmm. goes, uh, he goes, uh, so uh, who am I killing? And Owen Wilson goes, hey, you know, not not in front of the kids. It's all, oh, is this one of them? Is it one of the, yeah. <laughs> it's like, this movie is so stupid. <laughs> and then he whips one of the kids as they're walking away. Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I love oh, how dude. even like when he finally catches up to David and th- he has him in the bathtub, he's like, I'm going to gut you. You know, you can't move. Get away from me. And he starts going through his wallet and he <laughs> finds the fake license with his name on it. And he's like, wait, your name is also Kevin. What was his last name? Mike McKinney. Mike McKinney. Mike McKinney. <laughs> yes. And he's like, hold on. You were born the same day as me in the same hospital? <laughs> Man, what are the odds? <laughs> right. Just, we were meant to be blood brothers or something. <laughs> right. I love how the whole time they're on the beach, it's, it, and like he keeps saying to himself, like, Man, you ever thought that when we were in the hospital, we, we would just stare at each other as babies? Is that guy that's just like, Yeah, yeah. And he just yeah. keeps saying it over <laughs> and over again, like, Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm like this is this feels like a Bob's Burgers moment where you got one character just saying yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> Basically, he has no idea what to say. It's right. it, the movie. I think the best way to describe the characters in this movie, even down to like the FBI agents, is they all had lobotomies. <laughs> like there's, they're absolutely idiots. And I love the FBI agent uh, Leslie Joan plays where. Mm-hmm. She's basically trying to track this down and going, you think, you know, you don't realize, but uh, if we don't get this guy, we're just going to go after you. But I had nothing to do with it. Yeah, but, you know, we're going to put somebody in jail. Just talk to this person then. Okay. See, I knew you knew something. Oh, yeah. She's talking to the guy that that told uh, David, hey, you know, don't don't cut me out of overtime here. His partner at the bank. Right. He says, hey, listen, there's a lot of money missing here. And we're going to need somebody uh, to be the fall guy here. So you got to give me somebody. Mm. <laughs> yeah, like everyone in here is um, a bit dim. Uh, but <laughs> Understatement. Like, like, <laughs> right, under, understatement of the year. But yeah, I just I love the way this film plays out, man. Like, you know, it's um it's not meant to be taken seriously. But the fact that this is based on something that actually happened. And the guy that's behind it, like the the main guy that's that guy from that plays, like was like a consultant on the movie. I mean, you can't make this up, dude. Like this is this is hilarious. Yeah. Um, what I wanted to say was, uh, yeah, man, the thing was that the the, the kind of lines that Jason Zudakis has, like when they run into each other at the airport, and uh, you know, David is like, yeah, you know, I'm thinking about going to Florida. And then uh, you know, Jason Sudeikis says, "Oh yeah, big butt Florida." Oh yeah. And he goes, uh, "He goes, yeah, yeah. I think the women there do got big behinds." 
He's like, oh yeah, yeah, the women too. Yeah. He goes, <laughs> he goes, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, I, he has so many great little one-liners in this movie, and even when they're sitting in the airport and everything together, and he realizes that you know he's been hired to kill uh, Kelly, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh man, that's your girl. Oh, I can't kill your girl, man. That's that's wrong. But what am I supposed right. to do? He's like, well, we could switch passports. You can go to here, and then I'll go back as you. And they're just like, oh my god, that's brilliant. You know, yeah, I could always use a vacation. Uh, I also mm-hmm. love when they like meet and everything like that again. And it's like, yeah, so uh, what are you going back home for? Ah, you know, to do just some taxes and everything. Nah, I'm kidding. It's murder. <laughs> Right, right. And then the guy gets out the car and uh, he starts running and he gets sniped out. Right, yeah. Says, That's why you don't go jogging around prisons, eh? Right, yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, I love the fight that happens between uh, Kate McKinnon and, um, and Kristen Wiig in the store. And I like how the, I like the conversation that starts off before she realizes who she's talking to. She's like, hey, you're buying one of these types of underwears, eh? You know, uh this thing is a little tricky as it goes from your hoo-ha to your behind. Uh, hello, yeast infection. And then yeah. Kristen Rick is like, well, I don't want to go to that town. And then they yeah. start laughing together like a bunch of chums. And then uh, she brings out the vagency or whatever. Uh, the like vag away. The vag away. <laughs> it doesn't I actually like make it. your vag go away. <laughs> it's just the name of it. Oh, man. I love her deadpan delivery. Um, Kate McKinnon is interesting because I never watched, I don't really watch the new SNL, mm-hmm. but I heard she's funny on there. So me seeing her in this movie and when we watched, um, you know, the, the Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters. Yeah. Like, like I could tell how she's, she's a very, she's a very funny comedian. But, um, I was going to say when they were fighting and she got the vag away, she's like, no, it's the last one. They don't make it anymore. Right. Yeah. Start spraying it. <laughs> I said, this is hilarious. Yeah, it, this movie definitely has some great slapstick moments to it. The plot itself is not bad, but the fact that it's based on a true story makes it even better. Like, down to the point of the bank heist being planned out, uh, him going down to Mexico to hide and everything like that, being funneled some money. Then you had steven who thought that there was no way that they would be able to connect us so i'm just gonna spend money like it doesn't mean anything meanwhile telling everybody else no no you're not allowed to spend the money for another two years that way nobody catches on or anything and Mm -hmm. one thing i was actually reading up on the actual heist after watching the movie to kind of get an idea of how close it was and one moment that actually happened that wasn't in the movie that i think would have been perfect was uh, Stephen's wife, who uh, actually, during the real-life events, tried to deposit money into the bank and asked, what's the highest amount of money that I can deposit into the bank before you had to alert the feds? And then she deposited that exact amount into the bank. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's hilarious. Yeah, so you might look at this movie and go, wow, these people were dumb. Uh, They weren't that much smarter in real life. It's it's kind of exactly how it went down. Exactly how it is. Like you know, like, you know, you get you get what you um, what you see is what you get, as John Candy said in Planes, Trains and Automobiles. (laughs) 
what you see is what you get. Uh, listen, man, I got to say, uh, I, I was on the fence a little bit, uh, but I got to say, man, like, um, I'm not going to say I got Napoleon Dynamite chills while watching this, mm-hmm. but uh, darn near close. I mean, this was, a, this was a riot. It was a riot. I had a fun time. I would have wished I saw this in theaters when it was out. Uh, I give this a straight four, man. It cracked me up. Yeah, I think this is a great slapstick movie. It has the slapstick humor down. It has the characters down. You know, you have Owen Wilson, Zach Galifianakis, uh, Kristen Wiig, Jason Stakis. You know, it has a great cast. Uh, Mm -hmm. It it does get a little bit over the top with some of the jokes and everything. But even then, in the realm of this movie, it works. It doesn't feel like the movie is going too far out of bounds with anything because the entire movie is constantly on that high. (laughs) Uh, mm-hmm. For this one, I, I got to give it like a 3.5. It, it That's fair. stands up as just a great slapstick movie. It, it's not one that you're going to watch and it's going to change your entire worldview. Uh, I don't right. think it stands up to Napoleon Dynamite, but at the same time, nothing stands up to Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it gave me laughs and, and it makes yes. me want to check out Nacho Libre and the other films Jared has made. Like, OK, mm-hmm. like this, this was funny. So I, right. I'll check out the other ones. Um, yeah, man. Uh, all right. So on to the next one here. That brings us to Logan Lucky. Uh, this one from Steven Sodenberg. We are following Channing Tatum's character, Jimmy Logan, who has just been fired from his job. And as a result, he knows a lot of information about how money is transferred at this local racetrack and uses that to plan out a heist, getting his brother Clyde involved along with another criminal played by Daniel Craig, known as Joe Bang, who is very well known for explosives. Joe gets his brothers involved to kind of guarantee that he has security with the heist, since he is in prison during it, to know that the Logans aren't going to just take the money and run. And basically, they plan the entire heist during a... Weekend that not much is going on in order to have the greatest success. But after finding out that the contract, which will lead them to the tunnels that they can use to get to the money, is ending soon, they have to push it up a week, forcing them to kind of change plans and readapt everything in order to pull off the heist of a lifetime. And that is the bare bones of this movie. And I gotta Mm. say, this one... I remember when this came out into theaters and everybody was going, oh, man, this is like a silent hit. You've got to see this movie. And it was a heist movie made by the guy that made like Oceans 10, 11, 12. And everybody kind of knew it's a heist movie. You're going to get into a good thing. But Steven Sodenberg actually pulls off a good comedy with this one that it's balanced out. I got to I got to pull a nerd moment with you here. You said 10, 11, 12. You mean 11, 12, 13. 11, 12, 13. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. I just I, got, I had to be that guy. It, yeah. I, I yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I just I, I just had to be that guy. <laughs> but yeah, so it, we already had Steven Sodenberg is known for making great heist movies or the most well-known heist movies. And him taking on like a redneck heist movie, it just works out for him. 100%. Mm-hmm. The Steven Sodenberg kind of camera tricks he does, the twists and turns they brings you on along the way where 
things aren't going as planned. They had to readapt. They changed the plan. And then you find out mm-hmm. parts of the plan were, you know, made to work in a specific way that other people weren't aware of. And it, it's a great, fun ride throughout that I think is made even better by the acting of Channing Tatum, Adam Driver, and Daniel Craig as the three leads. See, I got to slightly disagree with you on this one. This is a, this is double feature versus right here. Okay. Um, Now, listen, I I love me some Steven Sodenberg, right? You know, Mm -hmm. his, 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 his direction is always good and his direction is great in this one. Um, the the story and the script kind of took me a while to kind of get me engaged, though. Like, you know, um, I know this is down south. You know, with Masterminds, high comedy, it, it, it wouldn't matter if they were up north or down south. That movie was going to make me laugh regardless. Right. Yeah. This movie right here. It's like I, it's, I guess it's the delivery of the dialogue that kind of gave me a minute to kind of get on board. I'm like, nobody talks this. I'm in the south. Nobody talks that slow down here. Like, you know, like it, it, you could tell the film kind of has its own kind of world. And, you mm-hmm. know, the way Steven Sodenberg directs his film films, it can be from a cold, distant, deadpan kind of nature. You know what I mean? But that's part of his style. But I'm like, yeah, nobody talks that slow down here. You know, so it took me a while to kind of get on this level a little bit. Um, Chain and Tatum, you know, like when it starts with him, you know, obviously you empathize with this guy. You know, he loves his daughter. You know, he has he he has a great warm nature around his daughter. Um, you know, when his when his daughter says, you know, mom is offering to pay for your phone. All I need my phone for is to take pictures of you, sweetheart. Like, yeah. you know, he's 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 a dad that you root for, you know what I mean? He's right. A simple guy. Um, gets laid off, you know, you feel for him. Uh Adam Driver, you know, is this is the perfect deadpan role for Adam Driver because oh, he, yeah. he knows how to play deadpan. You know, you feel for him. You know, he's a he, again another simple, easygoing guy. You know, got got the one arm. You know, just bar, bartending and mixing drinks. Um, so, but it, it took me a while to kind of like get on with the, uh, you know, uh, when you say the word cauliflower in front of me. Last time I did six months. He says, "Well, I got a new plan." Well, what's the plan? Well, let me tell you. I say that that kind of took me a while to get on that kind of delivery of dialogue okay so you had to get down to like the way that they talked and everything like that like it's this is a family speech kind of thing that they have and since you weren't in on it it took you a minute to go okay hold on i gotta recalibrate here so this isn't how more most people talk this is just how these people talk right right it felt like uh hey mom can we have some cohen brothers we got Cohen Brothers at home. <laughs> this is Cohen, this is Cohen Brothers at home. I'm like, all right, let me let me get on this level here. So uh, once I got on it a bit, you know, I, the film the film it gained its flow with me a little bit more as as it went on. Um, you know, obviously with the addition of Daniel Craig, dude, I I I hear you, but like I I like Daniel Craig when he's not trying to overdo what we know Daniel Craig for. You know what I'm saying? Like like. I'm not saying we know him only for British roles, you know what I'm saying? But it's like when Daniel Craig is acting, we we know Daniel Craig is acting. You know what I'm saying? That's like, true. We I, we've come to know him for everything right. with uh what is the Knives Out series and you know, James Bond the and ho- everything. <laughs> the hokey stuff. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like 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 we know him as James Bond and we know he's in his element as James Bond. Knives out. 
we know that B- B- Bano Blanc is is a very fictional character. Mm-hmm. And so we got this guy, uh, Joe Gage. Come on, man. It's the name alone. Like Joe Gage. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, 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 a man that's a pro at this. It took me a while to kind of get on the film's level, I guess is what I'm trying to say here. Mm-hmm. Um, because um, I really feel like it hits its stride once they kind of put the plan in action. And when everything wraps up towards the end, I feel like that's a very well done montage in the end to show like, you know, what really happened and everything like that, which Sodenberg is always good at, you know, oh, especially yeah. with the Oceans films. Um, but what I what I want to say here is that, um, you know, I, uh, I I feel with these I feel these brothers a little bit. Now, the film where it gets a little up and down for me is like the side characters like Riley Coe's character. I get it. She's the sister. But I'm like, she wasn't really she wasn't really needed. She didn't really bring anything to the movie. I kind of feel like she was just kind of there. Yeah, the now, same I, for the brothers, too. It's they don't kind of add anything that makes me go, oh, yeah, their presence is well needed. They have a co- right. couple good like jokes within them. Uh, same for their sister and everything. They do great for their roles, but overall in the movie, they don't really do too much that couldn't mm. have been done by the main three. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. It's Joe Bain, not Joe Gage. I'm sorry, yeah. Joe Bain. Uh, but yeah, you know, they, they're kind of just there. Obviously, we got the daughter who who was meaningful. Um, Katie Holmes as the you know the uh, you know uh, kind of crummy ex wife. You know, she's needed. Um, it, it, those people are needed, but I'm like the brothers are kind of like just we could have just had one brother. We could have just had one brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I I I hear you on that. What I was gonna say was um. Now, who's another? Uh, oh, what character I did like that had a small part versus a character I didn't like? Well, let me talk about who I didn't like. So Seth MacFarlane as the uh, as the douchey, you know, Max Chiblain. The racer. <laughs> right, the racer. I, I get why he's a douche. I get what he's supposed to be. I would still hear Seth Mac... I would hear Peter Griffin do a lot of that accent. I was like, dog, that's Seth MacFarlane. Like, 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 yeah. like I knew it was him. But it was like I, I I hear it through the accent, like I hear Peter Griffin, and it was like I couldn't unhear it, and it was like okay, I get this guy supposed to be a douche, I get it. Um, who I did like though was Sebastian Stan, Estate and White. <laughs> I like how the film it stops everything cold to show this man's everyday life. Like in the morning, I have two vitamins. I take it very easy. I eat sushi. I do yoga, and then uh. When they're posing with the drink, he says, um, you know, I'm, I'm monitoring my glucose levels. <laughs> he goes, listen, th- this is paying for our back taxes. Just just take the drink. Mm-hmm. And you can tell he's he's a little perturbed, like, OK, fine. I wanted to know more about this character. Yeah. Like, I also loved how he referred to everything as like an OS and, you know, here, my programs and everything like that. And even right. during the race, when he's like starting to lose consciousness, he's like, my OS is crashing. <laughs> He's so un NASCAR. Like yes. he's he's so with he's he's so unlike what you would look at as a NASCAR driver. He's like my OS system, uh, my levels are are not at, up to par right now. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I liked him. He's a character I would have liked. I want to see a spinoff film surrounding him because that that would be very interesting. Oh, I would absolutely love a spinoff just showing the r- other racers and everything like that that were in the race 
because they built up a lot of those characters. Like, yes, with Seth MacFarlane's character, you see Seth MacFarlane, but mm. that just comes with Seth MacFarlane at this point, where his voice is so iconic that it's hard to not hear him when he's doing any role. I wouldn't have minded Max if Max just if Seth MacFarlane came with the regular Seth MacFarlane voice. I would have been like, okay, this guy's a dick. And like, like I want I want to see Seth MacFarlane act in this kind of role with his regular voice. Mm. Like, like, like the same thing with Daniel Craig. Just be just be British. It's okay. <laughs> like, we know it's you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like and, and, and I'm not saying Daniel Craig is a great actor, but I'm saying sometimes it's like, dude, we we know that we know that's Daniel yeah. Craig. You know saying like when you see them, there's a certain expectation, and when they aren't that, it just it's in the back of your head that that's not the Daniel Craig I know, that's not the Seth MacFarlane I know. Right. It's different when like Adam Driver can like, and, and I'm not saying he's a better actor than Daniel Craig, but what I'm saying is Adam Driver he sinks into roles. Mm-hmm. We're used to Adam Driver trying different things because that's how he came to the scene. Right. Daniel Craig came to the scene in British roles where he where he did different things, but now it's like. You go extremely from James Bond to this uh, Kentucky Fried Chicken Murder She Wrote character. <laughs> Come on, man, we 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 know it's you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It, it, that could just be me, but um, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So going from that, um, yeah, uh, the, the whole high sequence itself is pretty interesting. I like the way that shot. Um, a lot of stalling in that whole sequence. And I get it because it's explained later, but I'm like, it, it, it's kind of it's kind of stalling a lot in that whole sequence. And um, you know, it, it, I don't say I lo- I don't want to say I lost interest, but I'm like, all right, come on, let's speed it up here. You know, like um, I like the scene with the uh, was it uh, where, where the bomb they make where they were not supposed to call it a bomb. Oh yeah, the and, explosion. Know, <laughs> right, the explosion, and uh, I like how they go back and forth. He puts it in there, it stops comes back i like that scene where clyde is holding it he's like don't move i'm not don't, don't breathe, breathe. <laughs> i'm not you know um but like past that a little bit kind of it kind of like spins his wheels a little too much for me uh you know the arm getting stuck and everything like that but um overall the high sequence is pretty interesting um i like the touching moment at the uh at the recital or like the the, the talent show where the you know the little girl was gonna sing umbrella Mm-hmm. she ends up swing, singing a song that her dad loves talking that they were talking about in the beginning uh nice touching sequence there uh what i want to say uh dude hillary swank's character again this is a side character i would have wanted to see more of you know because she's such an interesting fbi agent you know and she's so cunning we only got about like what 10 to 15 minutes of her yeah she only really shows up after the heist is finished and even mm-hmm. then, it, the movie is basically in the last, like, 20, maybe 25 minutes after the heist is finished up, mm-hmm. where we kind of see Channing Tatum's character have a change of heart and decide to give the money back that they had right. stolen and everything, only to find out that he only gave the money back for the first heist, the secondary heist that was also going on at the same time. That was mm-hmm. the money he kept. And... Mm-hmm. I love in like Steven Sonnenberg fashion and everything. Yes, when the heist is going on, it's very meticulous. It's very slow. But mm-hmm. later it explains why those scenes happen. So you look back and go, oh, 
So that guy was in on it, too. Or, oh, that happened by design. It wasn't an accident that that happened. And it's something that all of the Oceans movies have at the same time where you're watching and you're going, okay, it's getting a little slow. You know, I get it. The movie is a heist movie. So the focus of the movie should be the heist. But then it just goes slow and you have a lot of dialogue and you have a lot of scenes that are like, that doesn't make sense. Why is that here? And then later there's like a catch up thing where it's like, ah, that was a part of it, though. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah, I get it. Trust me, I get it. But it's 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 just like uh like okay. Um hey, you didn't think this would be important. Mm-hmm. Now we're bringing it back to you. Right, I'm yeah. Like, okay, got you. Yeah, you still could have wrapped that up a little faster though. <laughs> but I, I I I get it. It's important. Uh I don't know. Maybe I was just a little cynical about it like, "Dang, man, hurry it up here." Um mm-hmm. but I, I I get what you're saying. So, going from all of that, um one thing I wanted to say here was, uh, in addition, like, like uh, I was going to say something about another character here. I forgot I was going to say. But um, I like how everything wraps up in the end. And I, I like the cleverness of the ending. Because when this whole thing starts off, you know, you have Clyde telling Jimmy, like, listen, man, um, our family is cursed. Like, we're we're very unlucky. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we, we got to stop this. And, you know, Jimmy goes, well, Melly, you know, Roddy Coe's character, well, she ain't unlucky. He said, you just, you just, you just said it like, like now something's going to happen to Melly. Like, you know, like, um, and you know, Clyde's freaking out, but I like how in the end, and this kind of gives clue to kind of what happened, like, well, based on whether you're a sin or a well, based on whether you're an optimist or a pessimist, whatever. But I like how, uh, you know, the FBI agent decides to like, you know, show up like, Hey, I think I'm going to stick around for a while. She says, Hey, you know, it's bad luck to uh, toast alone. And he goes, Oh, well, I guess you're right about that. So. Now we can assume that the bad luck is continuing. They're probably going to get, you know, caught for what they did. Right. Uh, I like how the film kind of nods to that in the end. I feel like that was pretty clever. Yeah, because I like how everything kind of wraps up with him revealing that there was the second heist and that's the money that he gave to everybody that was a part of it. And mm-hmm. even the scene with uh, Joe Bang where he like gets out of prison and he comes to the bar and he's talking with Clay and going, where is your brother? Because he gave back all that money and he never explained it. Where's my cut? I was promised a cut. Where is it? And then later when he's at home, he hears a bang at the door and he gets outside and there's a shovel on his patio. Prior to the movie, he talked about how he had hidden money under a tree that was taken by his ex-wife. And find Mm -hmm. that the money was reburied there. That was right. owed to him and everything. So he's later at the bar, you know, talking with them and everything like that. And even when we have like the FBI investigation, when they're going through and it's like, yeah, we got all the money and then we pulled insurance to cover what was missing. How did you know what was missing? According to all the records, there was no way for you guys to tell exactly how much was missing. Mm-hmm. And it kind of like leads into the idea of, OK, he was kind of in on it a little bit as well or had some inside knowledge of it potentially see i didn't look at that as that like like and that could be true um but i looked at it as he says dude you got you gotta check with the accountants i i looked at it as maybe the accountants didn't account for something but he could have been in on it it it, it could have been like but then he would have been shown in the montage right i guess so uh, yeah, I guess it could have been what was her character, the one that got the uh, cake that ended up getting locked into the vault with the roaches and everything. 
<laughs> right, the, right, right. The banker. Yeah, I I mean, you could say it's part of her her negligence of leaving the cake in there um, or, or, you know, her never really getting to finish the cake. But I looked it could be them just giving her a cut for her worries and not being able to finish the cake. And I'm like, oh, that's nice because they are nice. Yeah. Yeah. They are nice people. But, you know, it could be. Yeah, you're right. It, it leaves it a little open ended. Um, yeah. Uh, heading from that there, I uh, I want to say that. um yeah, I just I just like the nod at the end as to you know what could be like maybe mm-hmm. maybe Hillary Swank stays by st- sticks around and catches them. I want to see a spinoff film about her character, you yeah. know, because she's a she's an interesting FBI agent. But overall, I mean, I'm not going to say this is one of Sodenberg's best. Uh, far from his worst. It's a very mm-hmm. solid movie. Uh, I give I give it a light three point five. See, I give this one a four because it. It's a great heist movie. Like you said, it has a lot of characters that I want to see more of. And mm-hmm. I would love to see a sequel from this one in some vein, even if it's just taking place in the same world. It doesn't have to revolve around, you know, the Logans at all. And kind of see more of what could be in this world, whether it's the NASCAR drivers or maybe another heist going somewhere else and having the same FBI agent pop in with it. It, mm-hmm. There's there's potential for more from this kind of world that they built. And I, I love the characters in this one. I think every actor knocked their role out of the park. Yes, when you're watching Daniel Craig, you see Daniel Craig. You you don't really right. see Joe Bang. But at the same time, that's because Daniel Craig is such a prolific actor that you know him for other roles. This is just right, what he doesn't right, slide right. into. Uh, Adam Driver, Channing Tatum, they both float right into these roles where Mm -hmm. that's who you see as the Logans. You don't see, oh, yeah, I'm watching the Channing Tatum, Adam Driver movie. You're watching the Logans in a bank heist Mm -hmm. with Daniel Craig. You know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. so it's to me, this one's it's a four out of five. I think basically everything that needs to be in a heist movie falls into place. It has the classic Steven Sodenberg gotcha at the end, and mm-hmm. it, it leaves itself kind of open a little bit to interpretation, which I like. I uh, I wanted to say one thing. I will give a nod to this. Kind of became like a little bit of a, a little bit of a meme, and I didn't even know it. I didn't even know it. I seen it once, but I didn't know it was from this movie. Uh, the George R. R. Martin scene. Oh yes, <laughs> the riot that breaks out in the in the demands. They said, "Listen." Uh, we will get a dance with dragons put in the prison library. And everyone goes, yay! He goes, but uh, uh, what were the other two he never wrote? Winds of Winter uh, has not come out yet. He has not turned that into his publisher. You're telling me that Winds of Winter, which was supposed to come out two years ago, still ain't out? I'm not buying it. We had two inmates come in that knew exactly about that lady flying on the dragons and everything. How else would he know that? Well, the TV show has gone beyond the books. Nah. <laughs> I love how they go, man. You lied to us. Right. He says, listen, I understand what you're saying, but, you know, uh, the TV show has gone beyond the books. He there's, so, there's some stuff going on with his publisher right now that he just hasn't wrote it yet. Yeah. And everyone goes, what do, you, what, what do you take us for? Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I think the scene. irony of that is when this movie came out in 2017, Wins a Winner still wasn't out. We're recording this now, six years later. Wins a winner still isn't out. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
we we can have a whole discussion about that in after show. But I oh, got yeah. I, I yeah yeah I, I mean yeah I get what you're saying. It is very ironic. Uh, but I just thought that was a pretty funny bit. Uh, all right, so it looks like we're split on this one here, folks. I I, I take it you favor Logan Lucky and I favor uh, Masterminds. Yeah. Uh, I, I just honestly think that when it comes to these two movies, Mastermind is a perfect slapstick movie that happens to have a heist in it. Logan Lucky is a downstraight heist movie that has some great comedy to it. They're both kind of in the same vein, but they both do something. They do the opposite of each other perfectly. Yeah, I um Logan Lucky is very well made, but you know, Masterminds just gave me some great belly laughs that I ain't had in a while, man. It's kind of inspired me to watch Napoleon Dynamite because I haven't seen that movie in a while. Like uh Masterminds really tickled me, man. I I, I thoroughly mm. enjoyed it. Oh yeah. Um but all right, folks, that's that's the way it crumbles there. Um you wanna head over to after show? Yeah, let's do it. All right, all right. So now we're in after show here. So um I gotta tell you, man. I caught a screening of Fast 10. Now, I remember when you and I spoke about F9, I said, man, dude, it's just a Fast and Furious movie. This one right here was a little different, man. This one, it's it's still a Fast and Furious movie where they become, you know, human superheroes. Right, yeah. You know, uh, uh, death-defying, gravity-defying people. But uh, this was a pretty so- This was a pretty good action movie. Really? It was a good action movie. I mean, Vin Diesel doesn't like say family every ten minutes, but he he says it a oh. couple times. It's already ruined. It, then what, why would I want to see this movie if Vin Diesel isn't acting like Groot just with "We Are Family" the entire time? <laughs> he says it a couple times. It's it's not it's not actively family family every three <laughs> minutes. He, they they say all right, Vin, we'll we'll give you some different dialogue this time around. <laughs> okay, you sure you don't want me to say we are Groot? No, yeah. no. Just some different dialogue this time. Um, it's solid, solid film, man. Solid action film. But you know what, dude? You know what really elevates this movie? And I and I was surprised because I didn't think he was really going to bring anything except just bring himself. But Jason Momoa plays a terrific, over-the-top villain. Really? He nails it, man. I mean, he, like, like most of the laughs and most of the fun that comes in this movie is from him. Okay. Because Jason Momoa, I think he's a fantastic actor and everything like that. But mm-hmm. when you go, oh, yeah, Jason Momoa is going to be in the new Fast and Furious movie. I'm just like, OK, yeah, it's it's another guy for the Fast and Furious movies. Right. I don't expect it to be a standout role. And th- me neither. Right. I was like, OK, you know, Aquaman's coming to Fast 10. Right. Yeah. You know, I was like, I mean, let's let's we'll see what happens. But uh, dude, I dude, he was hilarious. He was a great villain. I okay. mean, he, he was terrific. Like he he really um, he he was uh he he was he was over the top and he was funny. Like like you could tell he was having a great time. Mm-hmm. And uh, the film has a great time because of it. Uh, Vin Diesel is great. You know, the steely dom. You know what I mean? Everyone does what they do. Ludacris and Tyrese aren't as obnoxious. You know, they're actually they actually they actually have a few funny scenes together because they were kind of obnoxious in F9 to me. But um, this was a this was overall a pretty solid entry, man. And it, it left a great cliffhanger for the next one. And uh, great action scenes, great car scenes. Uh, Paul Walker would be proud. OK, 
Yeah, because this one is the finale of the Fast and Furious uh, to be done in either two or three parts, depending on how part two goes, I guess, during filming. See, now when you told me that before I saw this movie, I had the biggest eye roll like, dude, screw that, man. This is not (laughs) Lord of the Rings. But after that cliffhanger, I'm like, you know what? This might be a solid two, three part finale here. Okay, like that was that I I enjoyed myself, man. I I feel like you would enjoy this movie. Yeah. When it comes to the Fast and Furious, I have a hard time watching those in theaters now just because it's exactly what I expected to be now watching it at home. It's a fun time, but I it, it, it's what you expect it to be, but it's more enjoyable than you would expect it to be. It's okay. more fun. Okay. I, I'd say that. You know, it's not listen, it's not Christopher Nolan, okay? Yeah. It's not in <laughs> it's not an intelligent blockbuster, but it's a great fast and furious movie. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. I uh I enjoyed it, man. I would give it a solid um I'm between 3.5 and 4, man. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Uh, I'm going to write my review to post on 8-Bit Waffles, but uh, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, outside of that, man, what have you seen? Uh, for me, it basically just I new episodes of Barry and everything like that. For the most part, I've been busy this last week, so I haven't really caught too many movies. Uh, I did see Blackberry, though, and... What'd you think? It was good. I enjoyed it. And I do agree. I'm trying to remember what his name is, uh, is the lead guy. Glenn Howerton? Yes, Glenn Howerton. I see what you mean when you say this might be the role that helps him break out of just the always sunny and kind of roles that he's been cast in up to this point. This this is the douche role he needed, man. Yes. I was like, yes, because I because I know he can act. I see the way he I see like the kind of character trajectories that Dennis has been on, but he's still mm-hmm. Dennis. But I can see Glenn Howerton trying to show his acting skills ter- ter- like in certain episodes. I'm like, you know, he can actually have a future as a as an actor beyond comedy. Um, you know, not saying the other ones aren't talented, too. But what I'm saying is like Charlie Day has kind of found his niche. Right. I wanted Glenn Howerton to find his niche. And I think Blackberry, that's that was the perfect role for him. Like he he was the highlight of the movie. Oh, easily the highlight of the movie. And because, yeah. yeah, even with the other. What was it? The school kind of show that him and Pat and AP were, bio AP yeah. bio. It, he was just playing Dennis as a teacher. You know, mm. it, it wasn't a stray from that. This one was actually a stray from it where it was like. Watching it, it was like, okay, this isn't Dennis. This is Glenn Howerton. You know, this is... I I absolutely loved it. Also, the story behind Blackberry is just an interesting one to watch how... It is. They literally built something that was inconceivable at the time, where Mm -hmm. people were like, yeah, but why would I want to do any of that from my phone when, you know... Why would I want to send an email from my phone when I could do that from an actual full keyboard and everything? This is nonsense. Who was ever right. going to want, want this to them fighting to try and keep up with the technological growth that just completely overpassed them? And, yeah, and it's, it's it's a great story overall, especially for people that love technology and, you know, to think that a BlackBerry back in the day was one of the most advanced things ever and is now considered just a common object that even, you know, kids have before right. they turn 10 years old. 
Right. Absolutely. I completely agree. It's um, and, and there's a lot of hubris involved with the fall of it, too. Like, mm. you know, like uh, we're not going to China. Uh, we're not going to deal with an iPhone. We're not going to try to make it all a screen. You know, a lot of hubris kind of led to the downfall, yeah. too, with, you know, you either adapt or you die. And um, yeah, so and I want to say with that, um, I like see Jay Barswell. Like he he kind of he kind of has that thing like Jesse Eisenberg, where Jesse Eisenberg was great in the social network, mm-hmm. but post the social network, he had to be he had to be very careful to not get pigeonholed in the Mark Zuckerberg like roles. Jay Barswell always gets pigeonholed into those nerd like roles, which I liked him in this movie, but he was still kind of Jay Barswell. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I like that Glenn Howerton's role made him a little different in this one. Like I feel like Jay. Glenn Howerton's role made his made his acting a little different than it is in di- in other movies, if that makes sense. I, I kind of get that his role in this yeah. movie didn't really bother me too much. I just saw it more as this is the role that he's good at. It works right, for him. Right. I didn't mm-hmm. look at it as going, oh, man, he's pigeonholed into another one of these just nerdy positions. I saw it just yeah. more as he fell right into the role. This is his bread and butter. It's what he does best. And he knocked it out of the park. I'll say this, though, the the facial expressions and reactions that Glenn Howerton had to certain things he would say. Oh, yeah. like uh, like like. So who's that guy? Oh, hey, do you know the game Wolfenstein? Yeah. And the look he gave him like, what? Yeah, I, I love how he just has that expression of these damn nerds are going to be the death of me. <laughs> Right. He's such a you, you could tell this guy has no friends like 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 like, like I love the way Glenn Howerton plays that character. Like mm-hmm. and I love how when they're in the board meeting and they're like, listen, man, uh, it's not going to happen with you in this hockey team. They, they voted against you 26 to zero. You, you, they take they say you're somebody with no integrity. He goes, uh, how about I just buy this whole fucking place? Like, you know, <laughs> and everybody just looks at him like, dude, have you lost your mind? Right. Like, uh, clearly you didn't understand what we said here because you're falling right into that. Right. He's like, I'm from Waterloo with a monster's sleep. <laughs> I thought that, dude. I'm like, this is the perfect role for Glenn, man. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. Uh, I definitely hope he gets some accolades from that. But, um, all right, that's it for us, folks. Um, this has been another great episode of DFV. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Uh, you know, keep watching movies, and uh, we'll see you on the next one.